Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace and Malik. What's up, man? You know what's up? The Browns are giving the Jets the business, as I suspected. Trevor Simeon is not awful, but they just can't generate enough offense. And Joe Flacco is the best 38-year-old quarterback in the league. Well, that's as most people expected. I mean, anybody that didn't think that the Jets were going to um, – anybody that didn't think the Browns were going to win the game probably hasn't really been watching the NFL all, all season. The that's Browns fair. are not – the Browns are no, you know, pushover team. No um, yeah. So the fact that the Jets have 14 points is is interesting because you know, they would have them show – I mean, yeah, it's, what the Browns have the have a top ranked defense, and the Jets have been a team that hasn't been able to score points pretty much all season. Um, with Zach Wilson at the quarterback, you know, quarterback of the team. Uh, now we got Trevor Simeon. So the fact that they have fourteen is pretty impressive. Okay, that's fair. So back to our conversation about comeback player of the year. The real candidates, uh-huh. I think, Joe Flacco was a candidate because he came off of his couch. He was on a practice squad or somewhere else. And then he took a team. He's taking a team to the playoffs by winning, was it three or four consecutive games? Okay. Now, Aaron Rodgers could win because if he comes back and plays a couple of games and wins them, you know, he tore his Achilles, came back in the same season and won some games. And then there's DeMar Hanlon, who has one tackle and played a game. And he literally died last year. And it's now back on the field and is, a, you know, a bit of a hero. So not to, you know, downplay what he did, but I'd say he's the front runner in all fairness. Either him, yeah, it's probably DeMar, Flacco, and then Kyler Murray. I think you give it to DeMar by default, but I don't even – I honestly, you know, and, and look, not, not to take anything away from the incredible accomplishment that is, you know, surviving a near-death experience. Um but the fact that he hasn't actually, you know, it's not like he's a starter. He's not like to me, comeback player of the year has always been either one, a player coming back from a major injury and either and returning to their previous um, like former glory type of situation or to a player who's been, you know, largely not thought of or largely not considered to be, you know, on that level and then coming back and obviously getting another opportunity and then like making the most of that opportunity. That's fair. DeMar Hamlin has been, you know, has played a couple of games, um, but for the most part, I believe, I mean, when I, the couple of games that I have watched with him, he's either been um, inactive or playing special teams only, or just kind of, you know, coming in on a, on occasion um, to me, Flacco hasn't really, he's only started four games. I mean, he's won three in a row, uh, and the, and Cleveland's going to be a playoff team. So I think that that's, there's a possibility there, but I think that, I don't know what the criteria is, but I would say the criteria should be at least playing half of the games <laughs> that your team, um, that your team, uh, plays so, like he's, if he's not on a roster at the beginning of the season and he's not playing and he doesn't play at least half the games in said season, I think that that should mm-hmm. disqualify you. Personally, I think Baker Mayfield um, should get a little bit of love here too. You know, here's okay. a guy who was written off by the. That's fair. I mean, yeah, he was written off by most of the league, 
Everybody figured he'd just be a bridge quarterback to whomever is going to be in Tampa Bay next year. Figuring Tampa Bay is going to be horrible. They're going to get a high draft pick. They're going to be able to pick, you know, Caleb Williams or 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 uh, you know Drake May or one of those guys. Yeah, and they're leading their division, and will likely, you know, if all things go well, they'll be in the playoffs. You know, and he led that, so he would be my pick. Um, but I understand the idea of going with Hamlin. I, I completely understand that the Hamlin selection if it winds up being him. Flacco, I would just need to know whether there's criteria in place for this award. And and if there isn't, then fine, give it to Flacco. If not, then but if there is, yeah, we I think we would need to revisit that if there isn't. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment and I'm just thinking about what's going on currently with the game that I was just watching and how well he's played and how he's winning people their fantasy football leagues this year. But I would like to point out my Baltimore Ravens are 12 and three and sit atop the AFC in the number one seed. And yes, I said my Baltimore Ravens for all those haters out there listening. Uh, I am part of the Raven flock, 1996 original member. I don't know what y'all talking about. Um, I have two teams and I reserve the right to add more. To my to my roster, what team hey. to get here for? If not for the fact that we've known you for thirty or no, thirty years, I and probably this is probably the first time we've heard this. This this year was the first time that we've heard it adamantly spoken. So you know, I think that's 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 largely what people are talking about. I'm again, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Root for whomever you want to root for. Mm-hmm. I will say this: I do stand to make a lot of money if they end up being the first, uh, having the best record in the NFL. So I was very happy with their win in San Francisco. And right now, I just need them to beat Miami, and um, they pretty much locked that up because I don't think anybody else can win 13 games. I do not believe that is possible. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Um, there's a couple teams. Anybody that has 11 could win 13. There's two more games left to be played. So. That's true. Philadelphia, Philadelphia could, Detroit could tie, um, but I guess they San would have Francisco. Yeah. So there's only two so, games left so of the season, right? We're at 15. Yeah. They play 17 games now. Oof. Are you are are you surprised that Kansas City is dropping all these late games? No, I legitimately am. No. Um, really. No, not 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 surprised because I think that so I'll tell you what what surprised me was that they have fallen kind of that the the impact of losing a Juju Smith Schuster has been this great for this offense. Um now they do lose Orlando Brown too, uh the left tackle, um, to free agency. He went to where did he go to Baltimore? No, he didn't go to Baltimore. He came from Baltimore went and went to KC. Where did yeah. Orlando Brown go? I can't remember where he left to. But anyway, in any event, um, losing Orlando Brown, losing Juju Smith-Schuster, um, the decline or the slowing down of a player like Travis Kelsey, I know everybody blamed it on, people blamed it, you know, wrongly blamed it on Taylor Swift, but just the fact that he's 34 years of age and, 34 year old tight end that's played, you know, 10 straight seasons and was never hurt, right? It was like, can we not reserve the right to blame it on someone who has absolutely no effect on what's going on? 
Oh yeah, we absolutely can, you know, for, for, for no, for no reason other than just to be funny. Right. <laughs> but, um, but the reality of the situation is the team, you know, this is what I expected for a team that spent a ton of money on their quarterback. Um, that has invested 45, almost $50 million a year into the quarterback position and does not, does not have enough money to keep all of the other players that they have um, intact. Like you wind up losing a guy like Tyreek Hill because you've got to pay Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So now you don't have Tyreek Hill, right? And you don't have Tyreek Hill. You've got to replace that with, you know, guys who aren't Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to say they're bums or anything like that. Just guys who are not as good as him. You know, he's one of, you know, he's neither number one or number two receiver in the entire league. And he has great hands. You know, so no, I'm not surprised that they're losing games because I think there's, I think two, the, the, it goes, goes in hand, right? You have the decline of Travis Kelsey, which we are seeing, which was bound to happen, right? Um, combined with nobody else stepping up because you didn't have, you, you don't have Tyreek Hill and you don't have Juju Smith-Schuster and you have a bunch of guys who are dropping passes. Was Juju and, really that good? Because he was only there for one year. I mean, he won the short with him, but like. I'd say you know? if nothing else, he's a shorthanded receiver. You know, they went out you know that he's got, Robert you know he's got good hands. I mean, they could have gotten DeAndre Hopkins, right? They chose not to sign not to sign him when he was yeah. sitting around available and having nowhere to go. I would have been um, worth it for $10 million, I got to be honest. Yeah. They could have made a trade for a player, you know. Uh, obviously, DJ Moore was out there and available at some point in time. Like, you know, they could have made some deals, you know, to bring in some talent, but they chose not to and try to, you know, draft from within and build from within. It hasn't worked. So can't say I'm surprised, but I'd say that, you know, what has surprised me about, about them is that they've fallen so far so fast, you know, that it all that it all kind of happened at the same time, you know, and that like nobody, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, uh, MVS, like nobody has uh, Kadarius Tony. They brought back Nico Hardman. Like nobody has hit, right? That's the whole thing. I'm it's surprised like out that of Rice and Hardman haven't been better. And Sky Moore, who's been in the system, is this his second or third year? I think it's the second year. Second year out of Western Michigan. Shout out to yeah. the Mac. Represent. So, yeah, I think that's the main, the main surprise to me um losing close games this is what happens when you start to decline those close games that you used to win before because you were the more talented team you start to lose those games because you're not any longer so they are the golden state warriors of the nba exactly absolutely that's a perfect i think that's a perfect example but everybody else on the team kind of aged out their best and i think it's a perfect example because similar to the warriors like their best player is still a very very good player still a great player in this league but everybody else has taken a step back towards the middle and so that best player can no longer carry well right they that no that that best player can no longer carry the rest of the organization on his back you know you know you no longer need him to be great for three games you actually need him to be great for 12 games (laughs) and you just can't do it. That's tough. So I did not think that the Kansas City Chiefs in going into week 16 of the NFL season would have a worse record than the Cleveland Browns. That's the craziest thing to me, let alone the Cleveland Browns 
the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys have one more win, have one more win and two more wins than them. That's just like that's that's wild to me. Well, I, you know what it is? It is kind of it is wild to me because the other piece, the other thing on the flip side of that is it's not like the division that they're in is a, a division of gang like like two years like a year ago we were thinking that this division the afc west was going to be the toughest division in football and it hasn't been and so there's they are nine there they are not mm-hmm. even really dominant in their own division and their division isn't great <laughs> you know like it's not it's not like the afc north is the best division in football right now i mean technically yeah vegas could vegas could sneak into the playoffs yeah although so could denver yeah. They have the longest odds of any team to win a championship outside of the Bears because that's because they need nine other teams to lose. But seventy-five. We're going into Week Seventeen, and only one of the teams in that division are out of it. How? When was the last time we said that? When was the last time we said that about a team? You know, about the AFC West. Well, the Chargers did make the playoffs last year, so let me not completely like, you know. Yeah, but, but they usually, but Casey usually has the division locked up by like Week Fourteen. Yeah, by now it's usually a foregone conclusion. Yeah, everybody else is playing for a wild card. So the fact that, like, not just that they have nine wins, but that they have nine wins and Oakland has, or Vegas has seven, right? Is there there seven and eight? Yeah. And Denver's seven and eight. eight. Yeah. Same as New Orleans and Green Bay and Atlanta and Minnesota. Strange. It's just strange. The Rams are going to make the playoffs and they're going to end up playing. The Lions. How do Don't you remind me, that? please? Don't remind me. Well, I, I, yeah, well I, maybe not guaranteed. If, if Detroit beats, yeah, we're going to get into the games, and that that's going to be the first game we talk about because it's the only Saturday game. If the Lions yeah. beat Dallas, then they will yeah. move into the two seed, which means they get the easiest game, which means they're either playing Seattle, Minnesota, Atlanta, Green Bay, or best case scenario, they get to play the Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Which would that one that was that with that one everybody one percent chance that they have to make a playoffs is hilarious. The fact that you the fact that you you found that article and like sent it to us was hilarious to me. Um, they you know New York Times did the math. They did. Um, I would say I, yeah, I think this is I think this is gonna be interesting because because the Rams still also have what I don't know who they play this week. But they play San Francisco in week 18. So the Rams, they play the Giants this week. So the Rams are, are in New York to face the Giants this week. And we'll get onto that game. And then they go to San Francisco to, to finish out the season. Um, so, you know, it's completely possible that the Rams wind up in that seventh slot too. Right. So I, but I, I think. Does that mean if Detroit wins out, they're the number one seed? Do they have a tiebreaker over San Francisco or no? They don't have a tiebreaker over San Francisco. San Francisco would need to lose another game. Okay, so they need but to Detroit the beats, yeah, Detroit beats Dallas this week, and then beats Minnesota in Week 18. San Francisco would have to lose a game, and Detroit would get in. Okay. Although I, I yeah, I, I actually don't quote me on that because Philly may have the, like if Philly wins out, Philly may have the. That's the, fair. San Francisco has Washington, and then they have the Rams. So maybe Stafford can do you all a solid and beat them. In January, we'll see. Yeah, but to answer your question, um, not excited <laughs> to have Stafford come back to Detroit <laughs> and play us in a playoff game. That does not excite me. I really, you know, I really do want Seattle 
They've beaten us twice in our building for the last, you know, once each of each of the last two years. And so they get an opportunity to kind of exact some revenge against that team, despite the fact that they seem to have our number a little bit, um, would be gratifying um, for 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 me, you know, for me and maybe for other Detroit fans, because, you know, they've come to our building two times and beaten us. So, you know, selfishly, I want Seattle. I would prefer to not see Matt Stafford because he's he's on a bit of a heater right now and like as a Detroit fan we know what Matt Stafford heaters heaters look like he could go for 405 and we would and we'd be like yep that's not surprising that's really not surprising so I need somebody to derail him really quickly um, because he can also stay cold for a long period of time too so you lose to Seattle you'd be okay with that but I'd be okay with it I think I think I'd be at the no actually uh, sorry absolutely not I would not be okay with it at all um, be, because I think that we are, I've always thought that we were the better team than Seattle. I just think Seattle plays us very well. And Geno Smith, you know, the two times that we've played them in the last couple of years, Geno Smith has been very good at, you know, making the right play, like getting, getting, keeping them out of third down and distant situations, running when necessary and being, you know, kind of the best version of himself in those games. And he has to be that in order for them to beat us. But he's and he's done it. So I would be very upset because I don't want Geno Smith to, to beat us. And I don't think he would. So, but I wouldn't bet that game. I've learned my lessons in betting, betting on that game. That's fair. That's fair. That's always a tough spread, even as it is. Joe Flacco currently has one, two, three touchdown passes. Three. Hope you started Jerome Ford, folks. If you're playing your uh, fantasy championship, you have a huge lead. Or Brees Hall, who's carrying the Jets again. Oh, Brees is doing well. Brees has a touchdown, and he's doing all right. Okay, he's having a solid game. He's not. Um, he's not going to lose it for you. He has 42 yards rushing on five carries. He's got three catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. So Brees is giving you like in one league right now. Brees is giving you like 18 points. So maybe you can hope for a fumble or something in the second half. I don't know. I don't know. But he's uh, back to form. The ACL and Cook are Cook's probably upset because he thought he was going to be in the playoffs playing for a championship, but he's on the Jets. <laughs> and no Amari Cooper in this game either. Like they've got yeah. 34 points, and no Amari Cooper hasn't played at all. Exactly. Which exactly. which is interesting. The over has already hit because the over under for this game was 41 and it's 17 to 34 for all of you people yeah. paying attention out there. Um, paying attention to that. So we are going to jump into Detroit at Dallas. How do you feel about the Saturday 815 game? Standalone Saturday game. Um, I like it. Um, I wasn't sure. I, this was just as weird. I, was there always supposed to be a uh, Saturday, Monday night football, Saturday game, or was this something that was flexed in later on? And I it, think, and I think it's part of the contract with them, but I'm not exactly sure. You are going to yeah, be going be, up against UGA and FSU, the um, that the, the secretive yeah. uh, champ, national championship game. And that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if maybe the NFL was planning on doing this already anyway because of the the college football schedule. Um, oh, they don't care. They step all over it. They play every Saturday after championship weekend. They don't give a damn. Every weekend yeah. is their weekend. Um, 
But as far as like the 815 start on a Saturday, it it's it just feels weird, you know? It just feels odd and strange and weird. Um and the Lions played, you know, obviously it's a short week for the Lions, short week for the Cowboys. So it feels like it's just a strange start. But um, yeah, you know, it's fine. I don't I don't necessarily care one way or the other. Um, but I do I do think it's gonna be a, a really a really great game, you know, and I'm glad that it's flexed. I'm glad at the very least it's flexed out to a nationally televised game so everybody can be watching it and seeing what seeing what both of these teams are capable of. Yeah, more people will get a chance to see the Lions win or lose. The spread is four and a half. The over-under is 52 and a half. And Dallas is six and one at home against the spread, and the Lions are six and two on the road. So I expect this to be a good matchup. I am taking the Detroit Lions plus that four and a half, and I'm going to take the over. I don't expect there to be any defense played in this game. Super high scoring. Um, the Lions offensive line can push people around and they'll be able to run the ball. And I think Dallas is, that's kind of their weakness. They can't stop the run and people know it. And they didn't do anything in the offseason to get better defensive tackles or any run stoppers. So they're built how they're built, you know, kind of is what it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Lions, are we, we, so we're picking this game right now? We are picking this game right now. Sorry, I'm jumping okay. into it unless it was something else you wanted to talk about. No, 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 that's fine. Um, so the Lions are getting five and a half. I, I like I like the four and a half. I like four the and a half. is it four and a half? I'm looking at Bet MGM, it's got it at five and a half right now. Um I like the over. It's 52, so I know it's high, but I think both of these teams are going to score some points. Um I think this gets into the high 20s, maybe low 30s, um, and starts to play. And, and plays out, uh, you know, in a high-scoring situation just because the, the Lions' defense is not one. It has played better uh, and and did play probably its best best overall game in a while against Minnesota last week, um, but has not played, you know, keep-away type of ball in terms of, like, you know, preventing teams from scoring points. Um, that hasn't been their thing. And so – and the Dallas Cowboys, although the Dallas Cowboys' defense – has been really good at taking the football away. When they're not doing that, they are they are susceptible to giving up points. So I think the the over is probably my best bet here. Um, I'll take the eleven and four team getting it, getting five and getting you know four and a half, five and a half points. If this if this even turns up to six, and I really like the lines there, um, but I don't um, I don't want to play. I'd actually I mean me personally, so I'm going to take I'm going to take my lines on the money line. So I'm gonna probably just really lay lay ten All bucks right. on that just to see if we can. It's it's plus two hundred. If I lay ten That's bucks fair. on it, you know, you know, that'll get you thirty back. Yeah. So what you know what's what's the what's the harm in that? Um, but yeah, I, I think the Cowboys should win this game. Um, they've they've lost two straight, but uh, I think the Lions will make it very difficult on them, especially with um with the running game that they can that they can muster up with Gibbs and Montgomery. Uh, and, sh- and showing that the Cowboys have trouble stopping teams that can run the football. So um, I'll take Detroit and the over. All right. My first lock of the week is going to be, we're going to be using the BetMGM line for all of these. My first lock of the week is going to be Baltimore over Miami. Um, there's going to be bad weather on the East Coast and through the Midwest. Baltimore is minus three and the over-under is 47 and a half. In the last six games, Baltimore has scored over 30 points in every single game. Therefore, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. 
over Miami. Um, Tyreek Hill is not going to be injured. He's going to play. But I just believe in Baltimore's defense and they have very fast linebackers. And I think they'll be able to neutralize the running game of the Miami Dolphins. That is where they spent their money is on fast linebackers and inside linebackers, and that's going to help them slow down most of the nation. And they're going to have to beat them in a very one-dimensional way, which makes it kind of tough. So my money's on Baltimore for this week. And I'm taking the over because both of these teams can score. Emily. Um, I like the Ravens as well. Um, I like the Ravens at home against a against the Dolphins team that has not proven, you know, aside from that game that they played against the Cowboys last week at home. Um, they still haven't proven that they can go on the road and beat a quality uh playoff caliber, Super Bowl caliber team yet. Um, and I don't think that they do that this time. I think that the Ravens are just they're just playing fantastic football right now and putting everybody on notice that they are the team to beat in in these in these playoffs and that and they're and they're determined to ensure that the road to the Super Bowl goes through balls goes to Baltimore this year um and they don't they, they don't have to go play on the road against anybody so I think that that's long as long as that's still the case I think I like the Ravens to cover this here uh and it's a three points so it's you know it's just a home they, you know they're, they're giving them just the home three which is great uh, for a team that's 12 and three. So I definitely take the Ravens as well. And I will play the over here. I like the 47. I like, I like this to get to, get to, you know, 48 or flirt with a 50, flirt with a 50 burger across the board. So I'll take the Ravens in the over. All right. We have a couple of duds for games, which I'm not going to get into too much. We have New England at Buffalo. Uh, New England's getting 12 and a half or 13 points, depending on which book you look at. The over under is 40. I would take the under. The weather in Buffalo is going to be about 37 degrees. No chance of rain, though. And I would say that I think I think they're going to be able to cover this spread. So I'm going to take New England. Nobody had them winning last week except for me. I'd like to point out that I said that. I did call that one on the podcast. So once again, I'm sticking with New England to cover. If anything Bill Belichick could do would be to ruin somebody's playoffs. It would be the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to bet on that, and I'm going to bet on them to cover. 14 points is a lot to cover from one team, so I'm taking the uh, Pats. Um, I think New England can stick with them, and I think the defense is stepping up at the right time. It's the Zach Allen, Zach Allen show. Zach, it's the Josh Allen show. Um, forgot his name, but um, their defense is kind of tired, and New England's offensive line is beat up, but they still got Zeke, so they can still run the ball a bit. So that's where I'm leaning. And I'm leaning on the uh, under. Or actually, I'm sorry. I'm leaning on the over. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah. Um, the, before last week, you know, three of the Bills' last five games have hit the under. Um, and their game, but the, surprisingly, their game against New England a few weeks back uh, hit the over. The over under that game was 41, and they they lost that game 29 25. Um, this, you know, I, I I tend to lean in your, in your direction here as well in terms of giving giving you know taking the Patriots here taking the the, the uh, thirteen points thirteen or fourteen points whatever you're you're getting on your line, um, just because I feel like you know obviously Bill Belichick and the Patriots know Buffalo very well, um, and they know how to play them. Uh, they know how to play them on the on, from the, on the defensive side of the ball, and they know they know that in order for this game to 
in order for them to win this game, which, you know, they're going to play to win this game, in order for them to win this game, they need to keep it close. Uh, they, need to, they need to control, you know, ball control, and they need to run the football, and they need to put the Bills and put themselves in situations to score, to, to score, to score points um, while keeping the ball away from Josh Allen and the Bills offense. Um, and the, the thing I think that most uh, trends to the Bills keeping this game close or this game staying close is that the Bills have trended towards more of a running style of offense. Um, they are starting to run the ball more with James Cook and um, <clears throat> a little less Josh Allen, but still some Josh Allen in there. And so I think this is just a ball control, uh, you know, tough, tough matchup, gritty matchup between two teams that know each other very well. And so I would lean towards Buffalo winning the game, but I would say it lands anywhere between eight and 10 points. So I would take the Patriots and the over as well. All right. Next up at one o'clock on New Year's Eve, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. The weather that day is going to be in the mid 30s, I believe, 37 degrees, 36 degrees. The Bears are minus three at home and the over under is 38. I'm locking in the Bears and that over is going to be hit. Um, the Atlanta Falcons have Arthur Smith as their coach. So who knows who's going to get the ball? Who knows who's not going to get the ball? But I do know this. The Bears are going to be able to beat a team that's used to playing in a dome, and that's coming from warmer weather in Atlanta into bad weather in Chicago, where the wind is going to be a factor, and they're going to be affected by it, that and the crowd noise. And they have a quarterback who's playing for his job in Justin Fields, and I hope he keeps it because I think he's the future of that team. So I'm locking in Chicago, and I'm locking in that minus three right now. Um, you might want to wait. It might get to two and a half if enough people jump on it. I think more. some people may be betting on Atlanta, because Chicago hasn't covered a lot of their games, although they did last week. But whenever they're favored, they have not covered every single one. So maybe you can buy that down at two and a half and get that hook, get rid of the hook, but we'll see. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I'm locking in Chicago as well here. I mean, I think the, the thing that you is most, uh, the thing that you, you most, I would most lean on here with regards to Chicago is they are still they're giving up a league low 80 rushing yards per game. We know how Atlanta likes to score the score points. They like to run the football and Chicago is not going to allow them to do that. They're going to force whomever the quarterback is, uh, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, whomever's going to be running the offense there. Um, they're going to force that quarterback into making, into throwing the football where they can unleash guys like Montez sweat and the rest of their, you know, um, and, and the rest of their, their pass rush against that um, so that they can keep the game close and allow for Justin Fields and the offense enough opportunities to make some plays uh, with the football. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to roll with the Bears here as well, um, and I'm locking this in as my first lock of the week. Uh, so I'll take the Bears, and I like the under because if the Falcons can't score points, I don't think the Bears can cover the 38 you know, alone. So I think this goes, this goes to me, this goes like somewhere like 23 – to 10, 23 to 13, somewhere along those lines, it gets up just under the 38. I'd say that I think that Chicago can, depending on how bad their offense is with Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, just it just depends on how little they're able to move the ball because their secondary is playing really well right now in Chicago. So you could get a lot of turnovers and a lot of short fields that could make it easy to put up 34 points or something like that. Next up, we got Tennessee at Houston. Kind of an elimination game. I guess if Houston can't take this one in, 
Houston is minus three and a half, and the over-under is 44 and a half. I'm leaning towards Tennessee getting those points because C.J. Stroud still is not going to play. And I think that, um, you know, he's trying to earn his contract, Derrick Henry there in Tennessee. And just on the strength of him alone, I think they'll be able to cover and I think they'll be able to win. So even if they're just like plus 150 or plus 140, I'm probably going to put money on Tennessee on the money line on this one. And I'm leaning towards that under. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the under here as well. Um, wait, this is we're talking Raiders, Raiders, Colts. Tennessee, which one are we on sorry, there? Tennessee, Houston, Tennessee, Houston. Tennessee, Houston. Sorry. Yeah, uh, same thing. I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm leaning the under here as well. Um, C.J. Stroud looks like he's coming back. Uh, he's been practicing on a minimal, min, oh, minimal he cleared basis. concussion protocol. He cleared protocol. He's been back to practice this week. So okay. CJ Stroud looks like he will be returning, um, which is like yeah, just in the nick of time because I think they, they're right now just outside of the playoff um, of getting a playoff seed. Um, they need this win and they need Indianapolis to lose or Buffalo to lose. Yeah, they're like they're eighth right now, right? So um, they need a little bit of help, but CJ Stroud's coming back at the right time. So I think that they, they're able to cover this. Um, with him returning, I, I, I feel pretty good about you know, um, their, their chances here to win the game and cover the four. So I'm going to take that and I'll take the under as well. Um, this is, this is obviously a game where the years, a couple of years ago, I would say Derek, Derek Henry was feasting all over the Texans defense. He was like averaging like 150 rushing yards a game against this team. Um, but this year has been different. Uh, Derek Henry looks like he slowed down a little bit. The offense is, is buttered, you know, to some degree uh, multiple times with Tennessee, despite the fact that they do have some pretty talented um, pass catchers and players on the, on that, on that offense. Um, but, and the Texans have been a pretty good defense, um, have been a pretty good defense. They've been a better offense, but they've been a pretty good defense in, in certain, op- certain opportunities. And D'Amico Ryan's has them playing in the right way. So definitely take the Texans here, especially if CJ Stroud is going to play and play the under. You're right. CJ Stroud is tending towards probable. Uh, Nico Collins is questionable. Perryman's questionable. Um, Brown, Noah Brown is questionable. So is Laramie Tunsil. But I was really looking at um, their DBs, Amos and Will Anderson are still questionable. So a lot of players on their defense are hurt. And if Will Anderson can't go, that's another thing that I was looking towards as well. It wasn't just, um, you know, I wasn't just looking at the quarterback as well. But it's it's a multitude of factors, as they like to say. It's a lot of different things going on with that team right now. Now we're going to Las Vegas at Indianapolis. Two dome teams playing in the dome. Las Vegas is getting three and a half points. The over-under is 42 and a half. Jonathan Taylor is back. Vegas's defense has been doing a lot for them. They were able to get that win over Kansas City. Um, they are still in the hunt. This team is seven and eight, so they can still finish with a winning record and maybe sneak into the playoffs, especially given that they're playing a team that's already in and eight and seven. So we'll see. If Houston wins and Las Vegas wins, Las, Las Vegas can sneak in there. They just need Pittsburgh and Houston to lose and Indianapolis to lose, and they, they have their own life in their hands right now. That being said, I'm taking Las Vegas to cover. Um, I'm not locking this in, but that extra hook, that three and a half, is what makes me feel confident that they can keep this close. So I'm going to take that, and I'm going to take the over. Their defense has been scoring points each week, and they can pressure the quarterback with Max with one player. So I'm betting on Crosby, and I'm betting on that squad. So – Give me uh, Vegas for the for the cover. 
Yeah, Malik. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to take Vegas as well, and I am going to lock this in. I like that three and a half. I like that hook there, um, and and I like getting that uh, in a in a short, um, you know, in a game that I think is going to be relatively close. Um, both offenses, uh, Indianapolis's offense has been better than the Raiders' offense thus far this year, but not by much. And the Raiders' offense has has shown the ability to Raiders' offense and their defense has shown the ability to take advantage of opportunities when they've been when they've been presented, especially against teams that are within the same kind of uh, stratosphere as they as they are. And the Colts are they're a middle of the pack team. Raiders against the middle of the pack teams have been pretty good. Um, and that that's, hasn't been a problem for them so much. So um, I'm going to roll, roll with momentum here. The Raiders are coming off of a huge, huge, huge emotional victory against uh, against Kansas City in Kansas City, and the Colts just lost their last game. Um, and so the, both of these teams are kind of trending in, in a different direction. Um, and so I think the Raiders come in and you know get 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 the job done, get themselves to eight and eight, and make it really interesting for the next. Uh, for next week's you know slew of games to see who's going to get into the playoffs there at the end. So I'll take the Raiders and I'll lock this in. I'll take the Raiders and the under. All right. Next up, we have Carolina at Jacksonville. Carolina pulled off their second win of the season. Jacksonville doesn't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play, a.k.a. the chosen one, as Anthony loves to call him. Uh, Carolina getting six points on the road, a little bit better weather in Jacksonville, no rain, over under 37 and a half. I'm going to take the over, and I think that Carolina's going to cover this one. They've been playing better and better every week, and the fact that Jacksonville can't run the ball lets them know what they can do. And they got pretty good corners in Jackson in Carolina because they've been drafted at the top of that for a while. I'm taking, uh, I'm counting on J.C. Horn and them boys to carry them through. And a backup quarterback in Jacksonville and C.J. Bethard, um, who can't, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to do the same things Lawrence can behind that line. And for that team offensively. So give me Carolina and I'm gonna lock this in, taking those six points. This is my third lock of the week. Yeah, I, I like I like Carolina as well. I'm not gonna lock them in, but I do like them, and mainly because Jacksonville is just playing horrible, playing, playing poorly right now. They've lost four straight. Trevor Lawrence is in or he's out. There's just been this constant week by week you know, shuffle or discussion around whether or not he's going to play, whether or not he can go out there and play. Um, and when he's played hurt, they haven't been good. And when he's not been out there, they haven't been good. So, you know, obviously the Jaguars need a healthy Trevor Lawrence to, you know, to look just to, to, you know, resemble some, some type of the, the team that they had back in the, in the middle of the season when they won like five straight. Um, they're not that team right now. They're holding on by a thread and we'll probably wind up losing this division if they don't, you know, if, if you know, they're not careful. They'll probably wind up losing this division. And if they lose this division, they'll be out of the playoffs entirely. So I like the Panthers to cover this. Give me the six points. Um, they've played much better under the interim coach so far. They've covered three of their last four um, under this interim coach. Uh, Chris Tabor, I think his name is. Um, and so, yeah, they've been, you know, they've been trending in a good direction. Uh, Bryce Young is still not showing, you know, that he's ready to take the next step or he's he's ready to, you know, step into any kind of spotlight, but he's showing that he's uh he's capable. Um and he just needs some better some better coaching and he's probably gonna be a better coaching and better talent around him. And he's probably gonna be, you know, in his way. Expect him to be much better next year. Uh, but at least for now, I'll take the six points. I'm not gonna lock this in as the best bet or anything like that, um, uh, because it still is the Panthers. They are two and thirteen um uh, for a reason. 
but I do like them to cover this number. So I'll take the Panthers and the under. All right. Next up, we got the LA Rams at the New York Giants. The Giants are not going to be starting Tommy DeVito. They're going back to the back of quarterback. Mr. Unlucky himself, Tyrod Taylor. They're getting five points at home and the over-under is 43 and a half. The only reason why I'm taking the Rams here is because they're on a hot streak. Um, with Tyrod, anything was on the table, and I think the Giants actually are a much better team and they possibly could cover. But I think if the Rams do win this game, they win by a touchdown. They were able to keep up with Baltimore in terms of scoring, so I don't see the Giants' defense being able to slow them down much. So I feel much better about the over on this than I do about the spread. But I'm going to be taking the Rams to take this one just on the strength of how, how well that offense has been playing and the defense has been getting a chance to catch their breath with long drives they've been able to sustain. So I think the Rams should be able to win this one. I agree that I think that the Rams should be able to win this game, but I'm going to go the other way in terms of the bet The bet here. I think five and a half points is, is, is a bit risky. Um, we know what Tyrod Taylor is capable of. He's a veteran quarterback. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes out there. He's going to be able to extend plays and and, and do things with his legs that uh, Tommy DeVito was capable of, but he's not. But he, you know, he's not a rookie like Tommy DeVito um, is or, or or was. You know, starting these games, he's he's seen it all. He's been through it all. So, you know, I feel much better about the fortunes of the Giants and their ability to sustain offensive drives with with Tyrod Taylor than I did with Tommy DeVito especially after the, you know, the shine wore off on that, uh, that, uh, that Cadillac there that was Tommy DeVito's, uh, you know, yeah, his, his, his career. I mean, the good thing is he, he trademarked the Tommy Cutlets uh, slogan. So nobody can use that uh, without, you know, having to pay him some money. So he's going to, hopefully he's going to be able to cash in on that a little bit. Um, But I like the Rams to win the game. I think the Rams, you know, obviously are the better team. They're playing better. They're playing really good football right now. Uh, and and they're you know, they're trending in a in a you know really good direction. Um, the Giants showed me something last week against Philly. Uh, probably was a little bit more you know Philly making mistakes and you know allowing them to get back in the game, but they took advantage of those opportunities and and were able to make some plays. If Saquon Barkley and the Giants defense, the Giants offense can muster up any points against the Rams, and the Rams will give them the opportunity to do so. Um, I think they can keep this close to the number. Also, of course, we got the Rams, you know, West Coast team traveling East Coast, playing three hours, you know, three hours earlier than they normally play, things of that sort. So all that stuff factors in a little bit to me. So I think the Giants are able to keep it close. I'll take the Giants and the under, um, but I won't make this the best bet. All right. Next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. Cardinals are 12-point underdogs. The over-under is 48. Low-key, one of the worst games to watch. Philly fans are going to be showing up just expecting a blowout. They're 11-4. and four. The other team doesn't even have as many wins as they have losses. Um, normally, I would lock us in, but this is a big spread, and who knows? Philadelphia might relax at the end and let Arizona get back into it. Arizona isn't really playing for much, I guess, except to stay on the team next season. Buda Baker already won it off the team. Kyler Murray is playing for his future in terms of where he's going to be next year. He kind of has shown Arizona that he's a good quarterback when he's healthy, but we will see. I'm only going to take Arizona because I don't like the double-digit points, and I think they win. I think they lose by 10 points. It's kind of hard to just beat them down by that much. Their point differential is 128, which actually is not as bad as the Giants, which is 157. 
And each game he wins, he shows them that he is their, you know, potential future. The Philadelphia Eagles have a net points of 26, meaning when they do beat teams, they don't even beat them by a ton. And when they've lost games, they've lost them by a lot. So I think they will win this game, but it could be a touchdown or just a touchdown in the field goal. So I'm taking Arizona, and I'm going to take those 12 points on this one. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, I lean this way as well. Uh, Eagles just haven't shown the ability to be a dominant team to the point where Arizona should, where, where they're just going to smoke Arizona out. Um, I think they'll win the game. Um, I think that that's, I won't say it's a foregone conclusion, but I think that that's a pretty safe bet, you know, for them to win the game. So if you want to take that that negative 650 on the, on the, on the money line uh, on that bet, you should go ahead and, and go ahead and do that. Um, but the Cardinals have been, They've played hard. They've played, you know, they've played for their coach and they're playing to, you know, for some respectability out there. So um, the Eagles right now are 0-2-1. By the way, I don't even know who that is. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, the former Philadelphia defensive coordinator. So this is like a homecoming. Oh, really? I only thought they lost their offense coordinator. I didn't know they lost both. Yeah, Yeah, they lost both of them. Um, So, yeah, this is a homecoming for him. So, obviously, he knows Jalen Hurts in this offense pretty well, having, you know, gone up against him every week for, you know, for the 17, 17 weeks plus the play, 18 weeks plus the playoffs uh, last year. Um, So, he's familiar with what's, you know, what they're going to do uh, on that side of the ball. Um, So, I don't think they have the talent to beat Philly, but Philly hasn't shown me anything this year to um, effectively, you know, believe that they're going to just, you know, blow the doors off of the Cardinals, even with the Cardinals coming uh, coming east, I mean, coming all the way east from from Phoenix, um, so yeah, eleven and a half points is a little bit too much to give here. So I'll go ahead and take the Cardinals. Not making this the best bet again because you know Cardinals could easily lay an egg, but I don't see it happening. I think that they're going to play them pretty well and um, and be able to at the very least keep it within ten. So I'll take the I'll take the Cardinals and the under. All right, now we have the uh, first loser leave town game. New Orleans at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are favored by two and a half points. They are at home, and the over-under is 42. This game is essentially for the division. I don't believe Tampa has any more division games left after this, if I'm not mistaken. And if they're lucky, they may only have one game left against, um, you know, Carolina. Oh, no, they've played both of their games against Carolina. They have one more game left, and it is against Atlanta. So they have to win these next two to lock up the division. I have faith of in them at home. They're playing outside against the Dome team. The weather is actually going to be pretty good in Tampa. It's going to be somewhere in the 60s or 70s. And Baker Mayfield has been playing well. And Derek Carr and that offense have been kind of shaky. So give me Tampa. I'm going to lock this in for my fourth lock of the week. And this should be an easy win for them. Um, I just don't believe much in the Saints. And I've been seeing them all year. And making money betting against them all year. So give me that, and I'm going to take the over on this one. This will definitely be a high-scoring game. I think that this, this, this is trending to high-scoring as well. Um, I don't like the Bucs as a home team. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the Bucs with expectations. I'll say it that way. I think the Bucs with expectations um, are, a, are a, a, the type of team that – you know, gets in gets in their own way, um, for lack of a better term. I think also what we know about the Bucks is that they're not a great running team. Rashad White has been has been pretty good, but um, 
yeah, he he he's not that they're not the best running team in the in the NFL. Uh, they're not the best running team in the league. They don't play that way. Um, they throw the ball up to Mike Evans and Chris and Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield is playing pretty well. But I don't think that there's a I think that there's a, a really good opportunity for the, the Saints here to steal one in in Tampa. Um, so I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take that side of the, that side of the coin. I'm going to take the Saints and and the uh, the over on this one. I think you're right. I think both teams can score points, can, can, can put some numbers up against each other. And I think this is a good spot for for the Saints. Um, and the sharp money right now is going Saints Saints plus three, which is probably why it's gone down to. Uh, two and a half. This this line started out at looks like this line started out at one and a half, trended all the way up to three, and is now at two and a half because the sharp money um, was taking the Saints at plus three. Um, so now Saints at plus two and a half is a little, you know, obviously that hook is a little bit, a little bit, a little bit wary on that. But I'll go ahead and and roll with the Bucks. I'm sorry, I roll with the Saints here to uh, to at least cover the number and and lose something like you know twenty to nineteen, something along those lines. If not, win it outright because I think they, I think they absolutely could win it outright. The Bucks to me are a good team, but they're kind of middle of the pack and they can they can come out and and, and play well or or just you know put up a dud and wouldn't be surprised about it. So I'll go ahead and take the Saints and uh, give me those two and a half points. I'd like to point out that Tampa is on a four game win streak and essentially took over the division by winning these four games. And New Orleans had every chance to put them away, and they have not. They did. They did. So, and, I mean, the, the Saints lost – the Saints had won two straight going up into that game against the Rams. So it's not like the Saints were playing poorly. They they lost to Detroit at home, um, a five-point game, which they probably could have won. Detroit was giving that game back, back to them. Uh, it scared me a little bit towards the end of that one. But they beat Carolina. They beat the Giants. And then they just went and lost to the lost to the Rams. So this was a team that was eight and six going into that was I'm sorry seven and seven, you know, and before that loss. So it's not like they've been playing poorly. They've actually been playing pretty well uh, this thus far. So I would still lean towards the Saints here, um, and 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 take the points. All right, um, I want you to go first on this one. It is the last one o'clock game, San Francisco at Washington. Washington is getting 13 points at home on the East Coast. San Francisco has to come all the way out here after losing at home badly on um, Monday night or Sunday night. 49 points is the over-under. I guess they expect San Francisco to beat them 50 to nothing. Um, They have benched Sam Howell. So Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter. Tell me what you think on this one, Malik. Yeah, this is my this is my third lock of the week. I think the 49ers are going to beat the brakes off of these guys. Um the Commanders are obviously in in some sort of disarray at this point. You know, we they started selling off pieces of the team in trades earlier on the season at the deadline. Um they've now benched Sam Sam Howell. You pretty much assume that, you know, um Ron Rivera or is it Coach Rivera is going to be out the door at the beginning, you know, once, once the, the last, um, <clears throat> the last whistle is blown after week 18, if not before then. Um, and this team is going to go through a rebuild uh, of sorts. Um, and so this is a team that's ripe. This is a ripe for a get right game for the 49ers after that back, after that bad performance against Baltimore at home, um, which I did call as well. Um, you know, I think you and I both called that one um, last week. So, not would not shock me at all if if the 49ers 
go out there and, and beat this team like 30 to 10 um, and, and just completely, you know, just completely drop them out. Um, I like Jacoby Brissett as a bridge type of quarterback, as a backup quarterback. I think he's a good player. I think he's a solid player, but I don't think he's enough to get this team to be able to play um, with the San Francisco 49ers who should be looking for some redemption and some opportunity to get back on the winning side of things um, and make it very, very difficult for uh, Detroit, Philly, or anybody else to um, to come over and take the number one seed away from them. So I'll go ahead and, and pick the 49ers, uh, and I'll, I'll give those 13 points, and I'll lock this in as my third lock of the week. Every time the Niners have been a big favorite, they've beaten the hell out of the other team. I don't expect anything less this week. Um, their coach probably tore into them for how they played last week. And Washington's, you know, the commies are not a good enough team to keep up with them. They might be able to score some points, so putting some money on the over might not be a terrible idea. But I expect San Francisco to come out here and try to beat the hell out of them, and I expect that to happen. I'm not going to lock this in because it's just too big of a spread, but if San Francisco loses this game or does not win by two to three touchdowns, I'd be shocked, completely shocked, honestly. Next up, we got the first 4 o'clock game, Pittsburgh at Seattle. This is a elimination game. Seattle is in the seventh spot at eight and seven. They keep winning, they're in. If they lose, they are pretty much gone. Pittsburgh is also eight and seven, and they are trailing Houston and Indianapolis, so they need those teams to lose and they need to win out. I am going to take Pittsburgh getting three and a half on the road. They always find a way to win, and this will guarantee them a winning season, which they pretty much always have. I do not think they're going to win the following week, so I'm taking Pittsburgh this week, and I think Seattle's susceptible to them and how they play. Their defense and their pass rush should be able to get to Geno Smith. They're playing pretty well, but they have a running game, and Pittsburgh has been able to figure out their offense with Mason Rudolph, surprisingly. Their new OC has been doing much, much better, and they've been putting up some points, so I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take Pittsburgh to cover this one. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, you're right. Seattle hasn't been themselves this this year. Um, I don't know if it's just uh, you know trend back to the and been trend back to the means for Geno Smith um, injuries and just lack of lack of production from guys like DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker's been in and out with uh, shoulder injury. Uh, I don't know if he's going to. I think he's questionable this week. So he may he may play. He didn't suit up last week. Um, Metcalf is questionable with a back Raising situation. So you know, there's been a lot of and injuries on this team. Uh, just a lot of things in this team that kind of lead me believe that they're just not the team that they were going into the playoffs last year. They're just not the strong team. They're not the strong team from that perspective. So yeah, I I, I lean with Pittsburgh here as well. Um, because I think Pittsburgh is, you know, what we what we know about Pittsburgh is that they are going to be a um, they're going to be a hard out. They're not going to be a team that's going to allow um, their opponent to just run, you know, run down their throats and just, you know, just just kind of take them out, take take them over. Um, so I think Pittsburgh is easily going to be able to keep this close to the number. I like this. I, I don't know that they lose the game. That's a cool ball. It's cool basketball. Um, I don't know if they lose the, I don't know that they, they win the game, um, but I could definitely see it getting down to the wire, something like 21, 19 or something along those lines. So I definitely think this is a Pittsburgh, uh, cover and I would take the under in this game. Um, uh, so yeah, give me Pittsburgh and the under, uh, but I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to be checking for this game at the four o'clock hour. Yeah. This seems like one of the better games to watch. 
Um, if I believed in Jake Browning a little bit more, who I said, if you squint, looks a little bit like Joe Burrow, I may have to take that back. But um, Cincinnati is playing Kansas City. This game is pivotal to both of these teams. Cincinnati could potentially make the playoffs to eight and seven. If um, Kansas City loses this game, they could actually be caught by Vegas. Like it actually puts that into perspective. They'd be nine and seven. They've guaranteed a winning record. They have not locked in a playoff spot. They could technically fall out. They're favored by seven points. Um, I feel good about taking Cincinnati here. I believe that Jamar Chase is going to play. I think that is the key to the Cincinnati offense. Kansas City's defense has been, like, really slacking. And if they have their full complement of receivers, I actually expect Cincinnati to win this game. So pay attention to that. But aside from that, I'm taking the points. I'm going to take Cincinnati. There's no way that Kansas City covers this game. If they do win, they're not going to cover. I don't know. I do know that Jamar Chase has been practicing on a limited basis. T. Higgins is fully healthy. But I don't know if that's enough for them to win. They did lose Trey Hendrickson left the game last week, and that also affected the pass rush. He's at 15 sacks, so we will see. But pay attention to the injury report. It's Thursday when we're recording this. Check for the Friday on Saturday when they confirm whether or not these guys are going to be playing. Um, they released the injury reports, I want to say, 90 minutes before game time. So you can check back at 2 o'clock to see if they're going to play. But I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm going to take those seven points, and I'm going to take the uh, over on this one. Go ahead, Malik. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to give the seven points. I think the, I think the Chiefs have, have heard a ton of noise, and clearly there's a lot of speculation going on with regards to the Chiefs and and their and their demise. And we even talked about it earlier on in the show. Um, but I think that the Chiefs get right here against against the Bengals, um, especially if Jamar Chase isn't able to go. Um, we know that the Chiefs' defense has been kind of holding things down for them the entire season, and in you know just kind of biding their time and waiting for the offense to 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 take fire and to, to make some things happen. And the Bengals are not have not been a great defense thus far this year. Um and so I would not be surprised to see the Chiefs kind of get a get right game here and um and, and get themselves a little bit off of the snide here. Um so I think that the Chiefs at home, you know, losing in the Harrowhead against the Raiders last week was surprising and shocking. To all all parties, all parties included, especially the Chiefs themselves and the Chiefs fan base, um, we have not seen them lose at home this often uh, and this frequently. But the fact that they did lose this, they did lose that game. Um, to me, I don't see them losing another game in in you know in their own home against uh, against a team like the Bengals, who are good, you know, are eight and seven right now, and and playing you know playing some good ball. But you know, I think that the I think the Jake Browning, you know, it being good and Jake Browning being, you know, just as just as good or or you know, just as good, you know, just as good as an option <laughs> as Joe Burrow. Like those, those, those conversations are over. We're done here. Um, the Bengals should return back to you know mid mid-level status, at least for the rest of this year, while Joe Burrow isn't playing, and the Chiefs should be able to win this game pretty easily. So I got the Chiefs by about eight, uh, eight to ten points. I think it's so I think it lands somewhere around like 27 17 27 to you know 18 something along those lines so yeah give me the chiefs and the under um and i'm not going to lock this in i only have three locks right now and i think that's probably where i'm going to land this week um but yeah i'll take the chiefs and the under all right i believe i have one lock left correct i have you with three i have you with baltimore chicago carolina baltimore chicago carolina 
Oh, no. Didn't I lock in Pittsburgh? I did not lock in Pittsburgh. You didn't, but if you want to, we can... No, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lock in these last two games, I believe, in these teams. The Chargers are going to win this game. Point blank, period. They're getting three and a half points. They'll run to 36. Um, imagine Austin Eckler. I hope you're playing him in your fantasy football championship or in your semifinal if you're in a real league like mine who plays all 18 weeks. It's all 18 weeks matter. Um... I'm taking the Chargers, and I'm going to take them to win. I'm locking in the Chargers. If you're going to bench Russell Wilson and start a guy in um, – I don't even remember his name. We keep it 100. Um, uh, Stidham. Jared Stidham. Who cares? The, the fact that the Pats cut him let, him let you know how bad he was, and they gave him a chance to play. So I don't expect any better out of Jared Stidham. Um, I can't imagine Bill Belichick stunted his growth as a quarterback. Garoppolo wasn't that good when he left. Brissett was the best quarterback that I guess they lost. You know, so we will see. I know that Russell Wilson wasn't liked by his teammates, but when they started winning, somehow everybody started to like him a little bit more. But I'm leaning on the Chargers. The interim coach is going to get this dub, and the Chargers know that they're playing for their jobs, especially Eckler, who's playing for a huge contract and signed his franchise tag. So he wants to go get paid somewhere, and I think this is his proof of time. So I'm betting on him, and I'm betting on the L.A. Chargers to get this win. Let's go. I thought you were going to say let's ride. I was waiting for you to say let's ride. <laughs> Charge let's ride. Charge, Charge this country. country. Ride the bolts. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be weird. I, I'm i probably going to just check for this game to see how many times uh, CBS, I think this game's on CBS. Yeah. How many times CBS is going Jerry to show. Judy yells at him before the end of the game. That my over-under at, is three times. At Stidham? At Stidham I, and yeah, possibly the I, coach. I'm not even checking for stuff. I want to see how many times CBS shows Russell Wilson on the sideline, like holding the holding the clipboard or with the headset. I, would on. Him. I wouldn't even show um, up. I I would actually be surprised if he does. So this is this situation is very similar to the situation that happened last year uh, with with the Vegas Vegas, where Derek Carr was benched for Jarrett Stidham, um, and then and then Carr eventually got traded away to this to New Orleans, to the New Orleans Saints. Um, but it was largely because of this um, this injury designation that the Raiders had on Carr's contract, which would have made it fully guaranteed uh, in 2024. Um, and so that's why they sat him, so that he couldn't he couldn't get hurt, uh, so that they could potentially move him or trade him, uh, cut him or trade him at the end of the at the end of the season last year, and they wound up trading him. Um, so I think this is the same exact situation, same money grab, same cash situation here um, with with the um, <clears throat> with the Broncos. And because of that, like the thing that's most hilarious to me about this is the I don't know if you saw the interview with Sean Payton, you know, after the decision was made and he was still doubling down on, you know, that they're still, you know, definitely focused on winning a football game and and they believe and Jared Stidham, like it was just hilarious. Like he was trying to, ch- I, it, sounded, it seemed like he was just trying to choke back the lie as much as he possibly could. Cause we all know what this is about. We all know why this is happening. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't feel like the Broncos, I feel like the Broncos are being told in no uncertain terms that one, we're going to blow this thing up. Many of you are likely going to be gone this, gone at the end of this season. And, you know, we're going to start by letting you know that the quarterback that you think that you thought you were going to have that was going to help you try to at least 
you know, fight for a player spot because it was still an opportunity. We're going to let him, we're going to let him sit on the bench and we're going to let you guys lose and look at the guy that you could have, that you that could have potentially won it for you. Look at the guy sitting on the bench because we're not going to let him get in there. Um, and Sean Payton is the, is the culprit here. So yeah, I don't see this going very well for the Broncos. I think the Chargers win this game as well. I don't like this as a best bet. Since I only have two more left, I'm going to go ahead and put this in as a best bet along with you. I'll best bet the Chargers plus three and a half. I'll take it. Um, don't like Easton Stick. Don't like the Chargers offense sans, uh, sans Austin Eckler. Um, but I think that there's an opportunity here for them to get a pretty good win against a team that's reeling and that's just like out of source at the moment. So I'll take uh, I'll take the Chargers and the under. Okay. I'd like to point out that last year when he started those last two games, he lost both of them. The best he did was scoring 34 points against the San Francisco 49ers at home. And he still threw two picks in that game, which is what cost the Las Vegas Raiders the game. Um, Next up and last and definitely least, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings have played their way out of the playoffs. They are minus two at home against the Vikings. They're in a dome, so whether or not be a factor. The over-under is 43 and a half. And I am locking in the Minnesota Vikings. I do not believe in Jared Love. The fact that Jair Alexander is being um, suspended and is one of their best defensive players. I think that a lot of the other players on the team may not feel it's okay to punish him for no, you know, for that reason. But I don't believe in Green Bay's offense. I think they're kind of up and down. And I think Minnesota will be able to stop them. I'm betting on the under. Nick Mullins filled in pretty well and he got the dub. So I'm counting on Minnesota to be able to win the game. It's really just that kind of simple for me. Um, you know, they're not playing great, but they should be able to win this game and they should be able to beat Green Bay at home. They're third in the league in passing yards, 27th in rushing. So they can definitely put up, they can definitely move the ball down the field and Justin Jefferson is going to play. And whenever he's on the field, anything is possible. So we will see. They lost their last two games. They beat Vegas 3-zip. So we'll see what uh, Minnesota can give us in this last one. Go ahead and leave. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to lock in Green Bay as my last lock of the week here. I think Green Bay is just they're, – they're better in sorts. They're, they're just seem to have sorted themselves out a little bit better. They're still not very good. They're, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now on the offensive skill position players. Christian Watson, Aaron Jones – um, have both been out a significant number of weeks, uh, which has hurt Jordan Love and 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 the offense, you know, pretty pretty significantly. Um, but Minnesota is going to Jaron Hall um, to replace Nick Mullins, who had a really bad game last week against against my Lions. Uh, so Jaron Hall, he played the last. Um, <clears throat> he actually did play in the Vikings uh, win over the Packers earlier this season after Kirk Cousins was injured uh, before obviously uh, they made the trade for Josh Dobbs and then went to Nick Mullins. And so this is what their fourth starting quarterback this year um, for, for the Minnesota Vikings. They haven't found any consistency at the position. And I think that that's going to hurt them. Um, You know, it's going to hurt them in terms of any productivity and, and being able to, you know, get some continuity together. So I like Green Bay here, um, especially if Aaron Jones comes back. Um, they they can they can run the they'll be able to run the football, and they should be able to score some points and force the Vikings uh, to have to score with them. And if that's the case, even though they have uh, Justin Jefferson, they don't have T.J. Hawkinson, who's, who tore his MCL and ACL last week as well. Um, 
and they may not have Jordan Addison who uh, got hurt in that game too. So like just being down so many players on the offensive side of the ball um, and the fact, so the fact that like Green Bay can just throw double teams, triple teams at, at um, Justin Jefferson, if they want to, I think he's still going to get his numbers, but I think it's going to be difficult for them with the with uh, Jaron Hall coming in, uh, trying to try to run things for them. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Green Bay Packers, and I'm going to lock this in as my last lock of the week, and I'll take the under in that game. All right. That is going to wrap it up here this week for us at the Uptown Parlay podcast. Please listen, like, and subscribe, and share with a friend who you think would benefit from this information because we've been winning all year. We are definitely killing it. I'm picking it over 56% this year. Malik is over 50% and Ant is over 50% on our best bet. So pay attention to those. I'm going to highlight those on the blog, which is uptownparlay.com. Check us out at Podbean, Podcast Addict, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review. Um, I'm going to go into our shout outs immediately here. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Wherever you celebrate. Hope you had a chance to do that. Shout out to the Detroit Pistons who have endured a 28 game losing streak. They will not have a chance to win another game until after the new year. And the last time they won a game was before Halloween. So the holidays have been tough, 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 tough on them. Shout out to the Knicks who plan to make a trade in 2024 because, you know, that's when the Knicks are going to do things when everybody's kind of out of it and there's nothing really there to play for. And somehow they're going to figure it out then which makes absolutely no sense to me, but it kind of is what it is. And shout out to Justin Fields, who's playing for his job and trying to figure out what he's going to do in the NFL. I think long-term he's going to be fine. He's going to get it done. And um, although people wanted to hype up Tyson Bajan, you know, we knew he wasn't the answer. And really it's just the fact that they got you a defense that allowed you to, to win some more games. And it's kind of sad, I'd say. I'd like to shout out Russell Wilson. They're just trying to get ready because of the money and not because of the play. And I think it's kind of grimy and it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, the team, people that own the team are Walmart and, you know, they don't like to pay anybody because they don't pay nobody at Walmart. So it's just kind of is what it is. They want players to be professional, but then they bench you and put in some guy who people have heard of and know is a certified bum. So we'll see. Um, I wish them nothing but the worst as a franchise for doing this. They kind of did him dirty and they've done their last couple of quarterbacks dirty. The only one they uh, kind of do right by is Peyton Manning because I guess he was the last uh, bit of hope he had, but really it was that defense. So we'll see. And I will say this shout out to my uh, Baltimore Ravens. I hope y'all win, get that overall uh, first overall seed. And I will enjoy seeing y'all in the Super Bowl as I've been predicting since week four of this year. And I hope the Lions get a home victory. Possibly even over their uh, former quarterback. That would be kind of bittersweet, and I would love to see that. That would be really interesting. Good storyline there for them. And I want to see the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. I don't know why. I just want to see it because it's nothing's more fun than getting Cowboys' hands hopes up and just having to be crushed. Crushed, I tell you. It's kind of like when the Celtics lost that game seven at home to, uh, to the Miami Heat. That was just kind of beautiful. Just hearing those calls on sports radio on the hub was just perfect, so. I'm uh, hoping to enjoy more of that, except for Cowboys fans this time. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I'm going to double down on the uh, the 
reverse Sean Payton shout out here. Um, shouting out Russell Wilson. Um, you know, obviously, dude, you've got 39 million coming to you, guaranteed money. So, you know, you're not you're not gonna be hurting for anything. Um, I think he just had a baby recently with his wife. His wife just had a baby. So I would, you know, honestly, yeah, honestly, I would just take take this time off to be with my kid and enjoy uh enjoy just you know just just not having to you know to play football and not having to suit up like get out of denver um as soon as possible take yourself back to the back to the pacific you know the, the northwest if that's where you were living or la or if you were living over there um you know i know he has a whole bunch of opportunities and and things outside of football so you know he can take advantage of so just go ahead and do that and then if the opportunity presents itself and you've already won a super bowl in your career if opportunity presents itself to come back and, and play for a team that needs a you know a veteran uh a veteran bridge type quarterback then maybe you come out and do it i mean i think this should humble you to some degree um and re- to realize that you know not everything is you know not everything is rose is rosy uh, around you but you know this is an opportunity for you to reevaluate things a little bit and recognize that this this NFL situation is a business at and and in business you know somebody comes out on top somebody comes out somebody comes out losing you're not messing with the Walmart money they're going to they're going to give you that in they don't care they they're just going to give you that money to tell you to get the hell out get the hell out i think this was a clearly i believe that this was a stipulation of um, Sean Payton taking the deal and taking the contract in the first place, um, that he would be allowed to cut, um, Russell Wilson if he wanted to. Uh, I never thought that that really worked out in terms of their, the chemistry between the two of them, uh, never seemed to really go anywhere. So yeah, I'm not surprised that this happened. But shout out to Russ. You got 39 million and you don't even, you got 39 million. You don't even have to play a down, a down, a, down a football. So that's, that's pretty cool. It's really cool. Um, you already shouted them out, but I'm going to shout them out again. Shout out to the Pistons um, for showing just another level of utility. Look, this is not this is this is hard to do. You know, I actually had the conversation with my son, who you know has just really started getting into basketball this season. Um, my oldest son, he's 12, and he just started really watching more basketball and paying attention to more basketball and asking me questions about basketball. And he he came to me and he was like, "Dad, you know, I just saw he just saw something on TikTok or whatever talking about how the um, talking about how the you know the the Pistons had lost, I think at the time it was like twenty six straight, and he was like, you know, has this happened before? And I was like, no, this is really difficult to do. It's hard to lose twenty eight straight games. It's really it's really tough to do it. And so the fact that they've done it last uh, time and it happened it, was he was two years old. I, yeah, and and they've done it like. They did it in amazing fashion. Like this week, like today, they were up 21 points on the Celtics. First of all, whoever saw them getting up 21 points in the Celtics? Who saw that? Like nobody could see that happening. And they find a way to lose uh, lose that game in overtime um, with the, if you watch it, it's just crazy the, how that game went into overtime was because of a goaltending call that was called on Cade Cunningham. Uh, at the end of regulation. Uh, so like you lost the game, they didn't even make the shot. You lost the game on a goaltend. It's hilarious. Um, so shout out to them. Obviously, shout out to my Lions uh, winning the uh, winning the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. I got a T-shirt. I got a hat. 
I got uh, I got I got a couple of t-shirts. I'm ready for the playoffs because even though yes, it's only a division title, but when you've done something for the first time in 30 years, you get a chance to celebrate it. And I'm going to celebrate it, damn it. I'm going to enjoy myself and celebrate this to the best of my ability. So I am going to wear the t-shirt proudly and enjoy this as a, and and enjoy the fact that we don't need this game. This game coming up against Dallas is not a game that we absolutely need. We really can't do much to help ourselves out. Uh, we do need other things to happen. I want us to win. Good scotch. I didn't. You know, I did. I didn't have a drink. You know, I did oh. not have a drink. I actually should have because it's not like the game was. The game did get a little bit tight there towards well, the once end. Once every thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the game did get a little bit tight, right? A little tight there. But you know what? I did. I did. You know, say to myself, "Damn it! I should have bought that." Uh, that was it. it was fifteen or thirty? I think it was thirty year aged. Um, Bacardi rum when I went to Puerto Rico like 10 years ago I went to Puerto Rico I went to the Bacardi factory and they had this rum that was aged for like 20 years uh, and it was $185 and I could have bought it right and I just didn't buy it didn't bring it home didn't didn't it was like oh when am I gonna need to crack this open now would have been the time <laughs> that would have been the time to do that to just crack open that 20 year uh, aged uh, Bacardi so if I ever get a chance to go back, I'll buy it and then I'll keep it because maybe I'm looking at a Super Bowl appearance in the next three or four years. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. Um, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but uh, you know, I'm starting. I'm starting to see add some talent over the course of the next couple of seasons, and maybe you're maybe you're, maybe you're trending in that direction. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but shout out to us for for doing that. Shout out to Detroit Lions fans for traveling, going everywhere like literally everywhere, going to every single game. I even saw a couple of them in Minnesota last week, despite the fact that I think they're Minnesota. I'm pretty sure that the Minnesota faithful were all like, don't sell your tickets to the Lions fans because we were definitely not there in any uh, in, in the same capacity that we had been in other games and other stadiums uh, over the course of the year. So would not be surprised if, if the same thing happens in Dallas this time around where, where Dallas fans are like, I don't care. Come to the game because Lions fans cannot be um, buying our tickets and showing up in droves the way they that have in other in all the other stadiums. Yeah, I doubt yeah. y'all. We'll see. Do that. Shout out to all the undefeated teams in college basketball: Ole Miss, begrudgingly, James Madison. Very happy for y'all. And last, and yeah. definitely not least, and most importantly, University of Houston. Go Cougars! We are out. Peace. <laughs>